It's the second day of the month. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. Isaiah 42, verse 8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Revelation 22, verse 13. Consistent and conscientious discipleship springs from a sure knowledge that we are loved by God and that all of our devotion is a response to divine covenant love for us. Therefore, on days two, three, and four of each month, we reflect on the nature of this gracious God. The world is filled with competing deities, even if many of the forces that allure us are not identified as gods, let alone recognized as false idols. Still, that is the situation. We do well, therefore, to re-examine regularly our understanding of God. Consider how you know this God. What passages of Scripture are for you the most powerful testimonies to the nature and work of God? What long-standing convictions do Christians transmit to each new generation, handing on the faith of what the Nicene Creed calls one holy Catholic and apostolic church? What experiences can you identify in which God has been a crucial personal presence in your own life? How does your understanding of God distinguish faith from superstition, deep discipleship from superficial feeling, and long-term promises to God from fancies about God? Opening Prayer You alone are God. You alone are holy. You have made yourself known in the creation we see all about us. You have made yourself known in faithful covenants, in the journeys of Abraham and Sarah, in the great escape from slavery in Egypt, in the experiences of judges, monarchs, and mighty prophets. But above all, you have revealed yourself in Jesus, your anointed one, and continually you make known your presence. In the power of the Holy Spirit, your sacred breath within us, your mighty wind around us, you alone are God. You alone are holy. Amen. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God. I've run for dear life to you. I say to God, be my Lord. Without you, nothing makes sense. And these God-chosen lives all around, what splendid friends they make. Don't just go shopping for a God. Gods are not for sale. I swear I'll never treat God names like brand names. My choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. You set me up with a house and yard, and then you made me your heir. The wise counsel God gives when I'm awake is confirmed by my sleeping heart. Day and night, I'll stick with God. I've got a good thing going, and I'm not letting go. I'm happy from the inside out, and from the outside in, I'm firmly formed. You canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. Now you've got my feet on the life path, all radiant from the shining of your face, Ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. From the book of Genesis, chapter 39, verses 1 through 23. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there, the Lord who was with Joseph. So he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. 
Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned, in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about that these events that his master's wife looked with a desire at Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went to the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household were there inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me. And I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to them with these words. The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to me, sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me. His anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. But the Lord was with Joseph, and extended kindness to him, and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail, so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge, because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. From 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 to the 15th verse of the third chapter. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as a spiritual man, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's fields, God's building. 
according to the grace of God which is given to me. Like a wise master builder, I laid a foundation, and another is building on it. But each man must be careful how he builds on it. For no man can lay a foundation other than one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will testify the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. From the Gospel of Mark, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. When he had come back to Capernaum several days afterward, it was heard that he was at home, and many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic, carried by four men. Being unable to get him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their thoughts. Why is this man speaking that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and pick up your pallet and walk? But so you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, Get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up, and immediately picked up the pallet, and went out in the sight of everyone, so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. This is the reading of the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thursday's Prayer God, your glory calls your people to adoration daily. Guide and inspire all who plan and who will take leadership in the worship of our congregation when again we gather in prayer on the Lord's Day. To musicians, lectors, preachers, and all others, give a full measure of your Holy Spirit, that they may glorify not themselves but you. Prepare my heart and the hearts of all your people to receive their ministries with joy and gratitude to you, and extravagant generosity toward others. This we pray through Christ the Risen One. Amen. A prayer for the season of Lent from the Book of Common Prayer, the 20th century. Almighty God, your blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan. Come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weakness of each of us, let each one find you mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. A prayer by Mikko Kuist, entitled The Pornographic Magazine. Lord, I am ashamed of this magazine. You must be profoundly hurt in your infinite purity. 
The office employees all contributed to buy it. The boy ran to fetch it and poured over it on the way back. Here it is, on its shining pages, naked bodies are exposed, going from office to office, from hand to hand. Such foolish giggles, such lustful glances, empty bodies, soulless bodies, adult toys for the hardened and the soiled. And yet, Lord, man's body is beautiful. From the beginning, you, the supreme artist, held the model before you, knowing that one day you would dwell in a human body when taking on the nature of man. Slowly you shaped it with your powerful hands, and into its inert matter you breathed a living soul. From then on, Lord, you asked us to respect the body, for the whole body is a conveyor of the spirit, and we need this sensitive instrument that our spirits may commune with those of our brothers. Words and long procession lead us toward other souls. A smile on our lips, the expression in our eyes reveal the soul. The clasp of a hand carries our soul to a friend. A kiss yields it to the loved one. The embrace of the couple unites two souls in quest of a new child of God. But it was not enough for you, Lord, to make of our flesh the visible sign of the Spirit. Through your grace, the Christian's body became sacred, the temple of the Trinity, a member of the Lord and a bearer of his God, supreme dignity of this splendid body. Here, Lord, before you tonight are the bodies of sleeping men, the pure body of the tiny child, the soiled body of the prostitute, the vigorous body of the athlete, the exhausted body of the factory worker, the soft body of the playboy, the surfeited body of the rich man, the battered body of the poor man, the beaten body of the slum child, the feverish body of the sick man, the painful body of the injured man, the paralyzed body of the cripple, all bodies, Lord of all ages. Here's the body of the fragile newborn baby, plucked like ripe fruit from its mother. Here's the body of the light-hearted child who falls and gets up, unmindful of his cuts. Here's the body of the worried adolescent who doesn't know that it's a fine thing to grow up. Here's the body of the grown man, powerful and proud of his strength. Here's the body of the old man, gradually failing. I offered them all to you, Lord, and I ask you to bless them while they lie in silence, wrapped in your night. Left by their sleeping souls, they are there before your eyes, your own. Tomorrow, shaken from their sleep, they will have to resume work. May they be servants and not masters, welcoming homes and not prisons, temples of the living God and not tombs. May these bodies be developed, purified, transfigured by those who dwell in them, and may we find them at the end of their days faithful companions, illumined by the beauty of their souls. In your sight, Lord, and in your mother's, since you both belong to our earth, and all the bodies of men will be the guest in glory of your eternal heaven. Amen. The Lord's Prayer, Traditional Text Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Receive this dismissal by Glenn Rainsley. Serve your God with patience and passion. Be deliberate in enacting your faith. Be steadfast in celebrating the Spirit's power. And may peace be your way in the world. Amen.